Welcome to episode 92 of the BMcast. Not a podcast that failed to find anything particularly negative in the community this past week that we can take a shot at, but the show about playing Magic the Gathering on a budget. I'm Emma and I'm joined by a very special guest. He is the quiz master of Magic and one of the most knowledgeable people when it comes to weird rule interactions. The rules lawyer himself, Max, aka Max Makes Magic. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing great today. Uh, had a quiet weekend with the family, did some spring cleaning, and I'm super ready to get stuck into the Streets of New Capenna videos when yes. the cards are available. Um, so far, so that looks really, really interesting from a uh, rules interaction perspective. So uh, yeah. yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, good. Um, it's been a busy week because I've been on vacation, so it feels like a reality check a little bit, just getting back into <laughs> work and everyday life. Um, in terms of content, I've got a couple of articles going up at TCG Player this week, which rounds up Streets of New Capenna previews and just see which cards land in Pauper and Pioneer, most importantly. Also, I wrote up a comprehensive guide on what is Pioneer, like what is the format, how to get into it, what cards you expect to see, um, just because Pioneer's really popped off in the last few weeks thanks to the Pro Tour announcement. So that's up on TCG Player if you want to check that out. In terms of magic, I have been sorting through my magic collection and offloaded the unwanted bulk that just amasses everywhere. It's something I think this is something you can relate with when we get like oh, yes. care packages from Watsy and you get all these <laughs> cards and stuff and you just like, what do I? It's cool that you get free stuff, right? But then you're like, what do I do with the cards? Like you just get it, yeah. the excess, right? So I've been sorting that all out. <laughs> I, I have a box uh, that I am planning to give out to a local game store when i when i can get my way over to a local game store because i don't have a, a very local one at the moment uh with something like twelve thousand commons that i have just accumulated <laughs> over the years and i just they're just taking up too much space <laughs> so yeah. i'm hoping to give those away at some point yeah so i like tidied up all the bulk just I, I just had like a spur of just like you know what i'm just gonna sort this now i'm thinking about it so therefore i'm just gonna do it right now um so i cleared a lot of um, unwanted cards. I've still got some of my sealed commander decks that I'm going to give to like a local club as well so kids can get into magic. Um, nice. Because you, I don't, like I have a commander deck, I don't need like 10 of them. So it feels like <laughs> it'll go better to people trying to get into the game rather than someone that's not going to play commander as much. Um, so yeah, I cleared nice. all that out, traded some stuff in at my LGS and I've got a Streets of New Capenna set booster um, this weekend because as it's pre-release, you can get them a little earlier. Um, so I've got to crack that open at some point. Also, nice. I grabbed a bunch of cards to finish Pioneer and Pauper decks because I'm in that sort of, if I'm tidying out my collection, I may as well build some decks with the stuff I've kept, right? So in Pioneer, I've got Monogreen Devotion and Monoblue Spirits done um, because they're quite affordable. Then I finished off Elves in Pauper as well. So. Awesome. I feel like I'm really on top because I have a sorted magic collection because you know it's like a nagging thought <laughs> in the back of your head. Like everyone, every magic player has it, right? And it's oh, just yes. like... It just feels like I'm at peace for at least a week <laughs> until I open <laughs> until, more cards. <laughs> yeah, I, or until you open more cards or until you decide that you want to sort it in a slightly different way. Yeah. So I've got <laughs> I've gone in colour and alphabet, but I'm pretty sure Ooh, I'm going nice. to change it to set or like format staples or whatever. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah, um, I've not. You can tell I've never worked at an LGS before in my life. Like I'm not that you know particular. <laughs> Yeah. As you may guess, Scott is not with us this week because the gremlins are eating away at his internet, so he's currently offline, 
Hopefully he's not too bored and, you know, not going insane because he has no internet. He should be back next week because I like to think Ireland will have internet by next weekend, but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's just Max and I today. And you've got a card of the week this week as you're a guest on the show. So what's what's the card of the week this week? Uh, the card of the week this week is Mirror March from the uh, well, Commander 15. I think it was also in one of the old Ravnica sets as well. Currently it's uh, 78 cents. The reason I picked it, so I'm currently running a, a year-long, not competition, year-long project over on my YouTube page called The Year of MTG. And no card so far has had so many people in my comments being animated about it than Mirror March. Uh, so if you don't know what this card does, uh, when it en- uh, when a creature enters the battlefield, you can flip a coin and every every flip you win, you get a new copy of that creature. It's absolutely amazing. So I feel like if you run this card in a commander deck, you're going to end up with at least one solid fun memory of you just flipping 10 flipping and winning 10 coins in a row and i mean if you want to be mean as well you can do that too there's plenty of ways of being mean with it so you can destroy <laughs> lands you can steal permanents uh, if you want to be the slightly more evil thing but yeah it's um it's one of these cards that i feel like if you if you ran in a commander that you'd have a lot of fun with it so this week we're looking to talk about content creation, uh, especially in like the video audio space, because you're quite prolific with like the YouTube and TikTok um, sort of space. So just go into that. Like, what's your timeline with that? What's your experience has been with it? Yeah, sure. So, um, so I've been I've been making videos now uh, for about five years. So I started in 2016, mm-hmm. and. Back then, I was just making um, silly videos. I was I was doing some streaming with MTGO, recording. Um, sort sort of not. It was it was a background um, fun hobby. Took a year out to do other projects, and then came back to it. Sort of twenty eighteen. Came back to the the sort of streaming side of things. Then I started wanting to branch out of that because that that content wasn't really doing as well. There were already quite a lot of established people in the in the space at the same time, and I thought. I'm going to try and make a series. You know, I, I want to try and make a magic series. And at the time, I was like, well, what could I do? Could I, I, I'll try a Commander series. So I, I made one episode of a Commander series, um, had fun with it, but didn't carry it on in the end. Uh, and then after that, I thought, you know what magic needs? It's it's a quiz show. We we need a quiz show in magic. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> in, in my uh, sort of like just absolute madness I, I put together the first episode of a quiz show and tried to put some guests together uh it was uh, you scott and uh, and somebody else um and yeah the first the first recording didn't go so well and then i managed to get both merchant and uh gavin verhey uh onto that episode as well yeah. which was insane i, um, I remember just <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and that was to, to me, that was crazy that people would want to come on and be a part of that. And so that, that branched out into a full length series. And mm-hmm. that, that involved a lot of, uh, you know, editing audio. Everything was done by me. I, I did not have anybody to uh, help with the audio or editing or anything like that. So a lot of this stuff has been learned, um, through trials of fire, essentially. Mm. Yeah. The, the big thing for me, um, was starting doing shorts content. Uh, back yeah. in uh, 2021 so 
I knew that the format was, I knew, I knew that short videos were going to be a thing. Like TikTok has, had been out by that point for a while. Um, and YouTube had started doing YouTube shorts. I think they first released them, um, in India. Uh, and then they, they sort of branched out to the, the whole world. And there were these 60 second snippets of video that you could, you could basically do anything with, but the, the, the format was portrait rather than landscape. So, yeah. you know, you look at your phone screen. It, they were they were basically targeting people on their phones, yeah. and one of the the difficulties with that format is that you can't just take a normal landscape video and dump it in. So if you're if you're playing a game of Magic, that's like on MTG or MTG Arena, that's going to be in landscape format. So you can't just take that, dump it into a, a shorts video, and be done with it. There's mm-hmm. the, the, you have to start thinking about what kind of content do you want to be making this? So for me, I started off by making uh, a weird rules interaction that I, I'd, I'd known about for a long time. Um, one of these fun little things that, you know, exists in the, the game of Magic that you can get to by interactions of certain rules. And that video rocketed, absolutely rocketed. Um, I think in the end, it's it's had over something like 200,000 views. Jeez. And yeah, it... It, it, it was pretty big. Um, and I think off, off the back of that, I went from about 800 subscribers on YouTube to about 4,000, um, in, in the space of maybe a month or two. And it's just one of these absolute crazy situations where you keep refreshing your phone. And every time you refresh it, there's another 50 people that have gone, yeah. Hey, your, your content, we like it. And, uh, you know, that, that's what we want to see. Must have been quite the jump. It must have been quite just oh. like the validation. Yeah, well, it's. It, I mean, like I say, I've been been around for a while now, um, talking to a bunch of different creators, a lot of smaller creators as well, and the overwhelming feeling seems to be that YouTube is kind of potluck, and you will mm-hmm. end up something will break through at one point, and then you just get elevated, yeah. um, and it can happen at any point in your career, which is. For for me, I like I say, I've been making videos for five years, and then suddenly they, YouTube decides that hey, the short video format—that's where your talents lie, and we're going to throw as many people as we can at you, which is you know fantastic. It, it, it gave me a it gave me a direction at least, which um, for for the longest time I think I I had struggled with um, in terms of mm. making making content, and I think a lot of people go through this period of just having having no direction for content. Yeah, so. Yeah, it was nice to nice to have some validation of uh, yeah, this is this is the thing you should be doing, and and also it's fun to do. So, you know, that that, that also helps. <laughs> it it must it must be low effort or lower effort compared to long videos, right? Because you can Absolutely. you can make you can make lots of short videos in the same space you would make really long one really long video. So surely that just puts more mileage into your content, right? Absolutely. So I, I would say. I think it depends entirely on the thing that you're making. Yeah. So there's different levels of it. So for a start, there's different like categories of content that you can be doing. You could be doing like a parody song. You could do open packs. You can be, I don't know, showing off cosplay. You could be doing like rules interactions like I'm doing. You could mm. be singing, something like that. There's 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 a whole different um, range of things that you can be doing that are related to magic or, you know, related to whatever you want. But, you know, we're talking about magic here. For me, so the the videos that I do on weird rules interactions are pretty great because I can I can go from a an idea that I have to getting the cards on MTGO to creating uh, the the combo that I want to show off 
to taking that video and editing it together and doing the voiceover. I think the fastest turnaround I've done is about an hour. Wow, from from, quick. from idea to a fully full, fully edited video that's going up onto YouTube. Mm. Um, that I that's a little bit of an outlier, but it, it is basically between one and two hours to to go from a from an idea to a to a fully fledged video. Mm. Um, some other videos can take a lot longer. Um, you know, I think it it really does depend on what kind of thing you're making. So I have got a um, parody Isn't video it? called Counters of Magic, which I think Spice 8 Rack has uh, referred to in the past on one of his videos. Um, basically, it's a um, a parody of the, the Yakko Animaniac song, The Countries of the World. Um, mm. So I, I do it to the, this, the the tune of that song, going over every single different type of counter that exists in Magic, um, or at least the ones I could fit into the, the, the length of a, a one-minute yeah. video. And that took me a good couple of well definitely a couple of days elapsed time to record a good couple of hours each night just to try and record that in in such a way that it worked on on camera because yeah. you know tr trying trying to remember the the words to a made up song that you just made and then <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> mou mouthing it at eight, i mean it, it was only 80% speed but even still try trying to record it at this at the same um you know, at that speed was was quite tricky. Um, so yeah, it's there's definite um, there's definite scales of of how difficult you can go with your content. So sure. So for those who are looking to do video content or at least look into like creating it, what makes shorts so different from long form video? Like, why would someone go with shorts over creating a longer video? What are the benefits? I would say if you want to get into shorts. YouTube is definitely pushing shorts at the moment. They have a, a section in the app for pushing short videos specifically, mm. and you'll get a lot more eyes on your content that way. If you if you if the if the point is you you want to try and get eyes on your content, doing the shorts method is is going to be absolutely fantastic. The fact that you can take that video and then upload it to Instagram, you can upload it to TikTok, uh, and each of those will accept videos that are under a minute long. Yeah. Um, it just means that you can get that content out into as many different places as you want. Get just get different eyes on it in different places. Even Twitter um, will allow you to upload video these days. Um, so, yeah, that that gives you a whole range of different places that you can get your content out and just get. In the early days, I think it's it's important to get people knowing about your content. It's all very well having a great idea, but if people if nobody's seeing it or nobody's watching it, then you might just get disheartened and stop. Mm. Whereas Shorts is a really good way of, of getting people to in ingest your content really quickly because somebody's uh, sitting there on YouTube and flicking through uh, magic-related videos, or if they've they've previously indicated that they like magic, your video might be one of the ones they watch and they look at it and go, "Oh, great! Look, that the first five seconds of that seems like a really interesting premise. I'm just going to sit here and watch that." And then you're starting to get into you know being being a well-known uh, creator. So I think yeah. without Shorts, I I I entirely owe my current level of fame to shorts um so i, I wouldn't I, I wouldn't i wouldn't turn them down for anything I, I mean to some degree i would like to branch out into longer form video as well and i have been doing that recently uh with some of the the uploads i've been doing but that that initial boost i think from shorts is just it w was was too too hard to ignore yeah and plus if you've got this tiktok culture as well it kind of just encourages people just to watch more short form content 
So then, mm. then you're motivated to make that short form content yourself, right? I'm not saying long form videos are bad. It's just if people go, if they see a video, it's, oh, it's 60 seconds, I'll watch this versus, oh, this video is an hour and a half. I don't know if I'm going to have time to watch this right now yeah. sort of thing. Exactly. And I think there's a lot of a lot of people that just don't have the time these days to, yeah. you know, they, they don't have the time to invest in such a long form video. Like I used to watch Commander Clash on MTG Goldfish, mm. but now I... I I don't know if I have the time to invest in like an hour and a half of EDH content or commander content because I I have I get interrupted by children I get interrupted by having to do stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just yeah, it's it's tricky to have that time. But if I'm sitting there on my phone, I can just scan through and go, oh, that, that, there's a funny video from I don't know Kess or you know Inklin or something like that, and and just go, oh yeah, great, I'll I'll uh, I'll watch I'll watch that because you know it's it, at, at worst it's only sixty seconds of a bad video but it might be a fantastic video and i might yeah. want to follow them so yeah exactly um so if someone was looking to get started in video content um how would they go about it what what advice would you give so yeah it, it's i think it really starts with an idea one of the things i think is important is to go with an idea that hasn't been done by people so you know one example i think i could give is pack openings like if you if you think if you think you want to start off doing pack openings, mm. that that's that is an idea, but it's an idea that's being done by somebody else. Like what what spice are you adding on top of that to make that a a compelling thing that what that somebody else won't be able to offer? Like are you opening extremely old packs? Are you opening packs in a in a weird way? Like I don't know, turning over the the rare card and ripping it in half if you flip a coin or something. I don't know, <laughs> but you know there, there has to be some something that's drawing the people back to actually come and watch that video. Yeah. Um, one of the big things I would say is, uh, and I'm very bad at this, if you, if you have an idea that you want to share with people, uh, just try and get it out there. If, if, it's, if, it's not, if it's not a project that, you, that has to be perfect in every way, if it's something that could be multi-part, get the first part done and just get it out to people. Get it in front of people and let them look at it and go, yeah, we like this, but you could make these changes to make it better. Um, but actually having that in hand is is way more important actually having a video that's been produced and out there is way more important than having an idea in your head that that sort of will never get into that that will that will just never get made like it's it's so much better to have that content available and you can always improve um i mean even even now i'm i'm always trying to uh, improve on the next video that I make um you know just make make things easier for people make things better for people work mm. on like thumbnail game um you know just more interesting titles it, all that sort of stuff that you don't even think about for for videos but yeah i think like i say it starts with an idea one thing i'd definitely say is uh there are um really useful magic communities out there that mostly focused around discord but um i think there's there's probably others as well uh certainly there's a lot of discord uh, communities out there for for smaller creators also like tech support as well so jake boss has a tech support discord for for magic creators and there's plenty of people on there so if, you, if you're thinking about getting into a certain aspect of content creation certainly looking seeking those out and joining those communities is is a really <laughs> good place to start i know there's a lot of knowledgeable people over on jake boss's um server for example who mm. can help you with any sort of aspect of like video recording or editing or directing or YouTube or anything like that. So 
isn't Jake Boss part of Game Nights now, isn't he? That's right. Yeah, he's part of that. So he's very, very experienced, very <laughs> established in the community. So if someone like that's going to give you advice or you know any tips to get started, like that's a really good place to start. Given you know what they're doing currently, right? Absolutely. I I, I still use the editing uh, tips that he gave me back when I was making Battle of Wits. I still have that. Mm. There are some settings he gave me that were said do these and your audio will sound fantastic. And I do them on every single video and my audio always sounds pretty decent on, on video. So um, yeah, it's, it's it's not so much like fire and forget, but certainly for me, someone like, somebody like me who's kind of like not a, I'm not a video expert, I'm not an audio expert and I know enough to get by, but there are definitely things um, that I could do better. You know, it's like, oh yeah, we're going to be color grading this video. It's like, nope. I haven't got a clue where I'd start on that. Um, or, you know, it's <laughs> just like, oh yeah, this audio, yeah, you, you need to be running it through this sort of compression filter and then uh, you need a multi-band multi compressor. I'm like, but why? What what does this do? Uh, it's like, how does this work? And yeah, um, yeah it's, it's it's really useful to have somebody um, who who both works in the, like the area of that sort of thing. So like an, an, an editor who also is used to magic content as well and sort of like knows the... Uh, the intricacies of, of dealing with that sort of environment so yeah it's, it's really useful sure i mean um circling back to just getting content out there that is something i can relate to because there was a point in when i started writing that i felt like i needed to have the end goal sort of like the end product like perfect and 110 percent that is pristine and proper um but you're not going to get there because you don't have the experience so it's just important just to write like create the content as it is People are pretty unforgiving. Like if it's a little rough around the edges, it's fine. They, they won't care about that as long as the actual subject matter and the content itself is good. Um, and you can always improve on the smaller details in the future. It's I've always found people get really looped up in like details and like everything needs to be perfect. And it's like, if that's the case, you're never going to get it done because this is like your first time. You're not going to get it right first time. And I don't mean that in a discouraging way. It's just you don't know until you try kind of thing. So it's just better to get it out there and then the community will kind of, you know, give you feedback on what to do next. At least that's what I found with writing. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've, I've never done writing before, but certainly I think, yeah, the, the iteration is what improves you as a creator. Not, yeah. not You're not going to get perfect on, on the first turn. And if you do, then, you know... You're great. Well you're sorted. Yeah. You're, you've got a great career in video content. <laughs> <laughs> your spice eight rack and yes. uh, you, you just produce gold on every single video and Ristic so. studies <laughs> and Ristic studies yeah gold every time so because you've been doing content for so so long now what coming up to six years six to seven years coming up to six years yeah. yeah um so i know you've only kind of became popular in the last few years would you encourage people to not be disheartened when it comes when they do content and it, they don't immediately like become viral or get popular or pop off like with a video for yeah. example i think certainly over the the last couple of years you know the the number of people going into content creation has has in, you know increased um there's a lot more streamers there's a lot more just video creators because it's something you can do at home that you know, you you can do well locked in at home, um, and yeah. obviously we've we've all sort of experienced that. So it's certainly one of the things where I wouldn't get disheartened if if you start and then nobody watches your stuff. Certainly from a streaming point of view, uh, it took me a good couple of years to sort of get into have, having a, a bunch of regular people who would actually come and watch me play mm. on on Twitch, and that was a hard grind. 
in the end, I had to stop doing that just because um, I was I, I had a young family, and the the amount of time spent on on doing that stuff it was taking away from that. So you know, it, it's, it's things will change over over the course of your life, and it's okay to not have to do content anymore because of your personal circumstances. But yeah, I think if if you're aiming to make content, I wouldn't get disheartened by the first failure that you have. Mm. In, instead, take that failure and try and learn from it and try and work out what mistakes you made and what you can do next time to improve. And if you can get people commenting on your videos, I mean, I, th- I personally, I think the worst thing in the world would be having nobody comment on your content. If you have people comment on your content and go, this is bad and here are the reasons why, that is way more useful uh, as a, as a new, new creator than just having no voice whatsoever. And I think that's one of the, the, the hardest thing for people is just having nobody being able to look at their content. Certainly, if you hand your content out to your your friends, your family, just hand it out to everybody you can possibly think of, to, even if they have no interest in the subject material. If you think you could get useful feedback from them, give it to them. And hopefully they'll come back and go, yeah, this was interesting. You, you really sound passionate about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, or yeah, I, I, it, it would be good, but I couldn't hear you over the whine of your microphone. Um, or yeah, the, it would be good. Like the audio is absolutely fine, but I couldn't see what you were doing and it was a bit blurry. The video was a bit yeah. blurry and, uh, you know, it's just a bit dark as well. Have you thought about, you know, maybe putting a light on when you, when you're doing this, that that's the sort of thing that you, you might not see because you're, you're tunnel visioned into just going, Oh yeah, I'm making a video. I need it to, to do, you know, I need to get this out. I need to look at this content. I need to act in a certain way. And there's, there are certain things that, people will look at and go, yeah, this just didn't work for me. And I think it would be great if you did it in a different way. You don't have to listen to those people. You know, there are plenty of people that have leave comments on my videos and ask me to do things in a different way. And I disagree with them. So I'm not yeah. going to do it. I mean, at the end of the day, you are the arbiter of everything that you're making. And as long as you're happy with it, that's that's the real key. And I think that's the other thing that I would say is uh, don't just make videos that are chasing the new thing. Uh, don't just make commander videos because commander videos do really well. Don't don't look at command zone and go, hey, command zone of six hundred thousand views on their latest video. I'm going to go start and uh, yeah. start a new commander series, and I'm going to be like super popular because that's just not going to happen. Um, it's the critical role effect for, for magic, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it, it's it's this thing where people will think that something looks easy. I think because it's like, oh, how hard, how hard could it be to, to make a commander series that deals with paper? And then you, then you start to realize the, the insane amount of time and effort that goes into these, um, these series. And, you know, oh yeah, each, we want to have cameras on everybody's board. It's like, okay, great. Um, do you know how much that's going to cost? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, and the space to play it, you know, space, people's yeah. time and everything else. Like, I don't think people realise how professionally produced Command Zone is. Like, oh, really, they don't yeah, really know how produced it is. It's not just, hey, here's a camera and some people are just playing. A lot of it is somewhat staged because it kind of has to be, because especially when yeah. they're, 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 they're like doing like new Commander products because they tend to get that stuff first. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah, not it's not a good, it's like 
you can strive to have command zone content, right? Because that is a high yes. bar, but you're never going to get that because it's just on a different level. But it's good to have motivations and aspirations. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely great to have aspirations. Uh, it's a good to have a target, um, but you have to also think, you, you have to sort of balance it out by where you actually are at that point. Like if, if you if you have £200,000 you want to throw or whatever, and you want to throw that into a video series about making Magic the Gathering, who's going to stop you? Nobody's nobody's going to stop you. You you could have the best quality stuff. But if if the content is like not interesting and there's no dynamic between either the people you're playing with or there's no dynamic between you and the viewers then people aren't just going to watch i think one of the the important things is um you know for say for a commander series is where if you have four people just playing very very woodenly sort of thing they're not going to there's there's no energy for the, that room to sort of build off whereas if yeah. you look at the command zone you look at uh commander clash for example you have a bunch of people who get on really well with each other and there's enough energy in the, the room to sort of carry a video along with it. And you, you get sucked up as a viewer into watching that content. And I think that's the sort of thing you people want to be aiming for. And it doesn't, to some degree, it doesn't matter about the, like the technical bits around the edge of it. Mm. You know, if the content is compelling enough, people, some people will overlook audio issues. Some people yeah. will overlook video issues. Um, but if you, if you as a content creator are making content that people will look at and go, I, I am on board with this 100% and I want to watch everything that you put out uh, in this series. That's the goal. So yeah. if you can if you can get that idea, if you can get that concept together, um, that's what you should be aiming for. And good luck because there's a lot of, <laughs> there are a lot of people in the space and everyone is searching for the, the next thing to do. But that, that shouldn't stop you because if you have an idea, then try and make that real in whatever way you can. For me, yeah. it was noticing that nobody was making magic the gathering quiz series and not realizing that maybe there was a reason for that um <laughs> but uh at the end of it i do not regret making that series at all it was um, pretty fun it was it was great fun it was a lot of work yeah. and i i think people might think oh how how much work could it possibly be max you're you're simply writing i don't know a 45 minute quiz but the amount of research I, I'm, I have to do on the, those episodes beforehand and trying to gear questions towards the people that are taking part, yeah. all that kind of stuff, um, you know, editing images. Editing images was the bit that took the most time. And that's my sure. own fault because I, I, I made rounds that involved editing images together that maybe were all on screen for all of six seconds, but maybe took yeah. half an hour to actually make. But that's my own fault and I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, yeah, it, it, I, I enjoyed making that content and, you know, that that's what you have to aim for as well is, you know, make something that you want to watch and make something that other people want to watch. Um, Another way I see it is when, when I came into content, I know writing's a lot different to video, but I always wanted to create the content I wish I had, I wish I had when I was a, when I was a consumer. So yeah. Hence why I did like modern on a budget. It's like, man, no one's really doing this. So you know what? I should probably do it because there's a space for it. People want yeah. it. So if you think, man, no, I wish I had this as just like someone who consumes content, you should probably make it because it doesn't, because it's an idea, right? It's just you thinking yeah. backwards. Exactly. You, you, you're, you're, like you say, you, you have the end goal in mind of, man, I really wish something existed. And 
the difference between like content creators and and um, like the other people like that are just like content creators will have that niggle in their brain that goes ah but if i i could do this i could write this article i can put it on a blog um and you know i can put some links to it on reddit for or something and, and that that you know i can make this happen and i think that's that's the difference i, I it's, it's definitely a motivation thing as well where mm. some some people just look at it and go oh but that's a lot of work whereas you know i think for for you and me that it's the sort of thing where it's like yeah but it's i really want to do this i really we, want to make we love this what we do it's the love of the game yeah. it's a passion project which is what content creation always starts out as right oh yes yeah and then it, then it starts getting insane and uh scary and you start getting people emailing you about stuff and then and then it like, gets weird because you get the attachment of money you get this yeah. this label of money from like Patreons and like YouTube sort of payouts and Twitch payouts, and that creates a line of is this work? Is how far should I push yeah. this? That kind of thing. It's a very grey area that I found when I started getting into content because it's just like this is not really a hobby anymore, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's one of these things that people I I don't think enough content creators talk about it, mm. um, and it you know it's, it's it's just how much money is actually in the space, and I mean I don't want to. You know, I I I'll, I'll, I'm happy to tell people what I'm making on on various different platforms. Like I I really don't care. Like I is for me, it's not a, you know, it's not my full time job. So it's it's not like if if I turn around and go, oh, I'm making this much money on on something that it's going to affect that. Like in at the end of the day, I I can go, okay, for the last for February, I made maybe nine pounds on YouTube, and for uh march and april i'm i think i'm more like 300 pounds and that's simply because i've had one video or two videos that have gone completely crazy yeah. and but we're, we're not talking about life-changing sums of money here certainly at my scale anyway um mm. you know like i say i've been i've been partnered for a a year now on youtube um and i'm i'm at the point now where i can possibly have enough money to cover maybe well more than a day's work like my, yeah. my 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 day job pays quite well i mean i work for for microsoft so you know you'd, you'd hope that they pay people well but it, it, it's it's for, for me it's not going to be one of those ones where i i give that up and go straight into content creation so yeah it's it's it is one of the dirtier sides of maybe not dirty is probably the wrong word for it. It's it's one of the one of the sides that people don't really go into you know it, yeah if you want to make a living out of it and there aren't companies paying you for your time. Like, uh, you know, obviously writing gigs are paid for, oh, it's not full-time pay. You're, you're, you're working as a freelancer. Um, mm. But certainly, you know, when, when it comes to like video creations and, and things like that, Patreon is, is certainly one of the, the biggest avenues, I think, for people. YouTube is kind of good, I think, if you have the, the numbers. But um, when, when you're looking at Tolerian Community College at probably the biggest creator in the space and they're still under a million subs on youtube i i can't imagine that's his primary uh form of income so yeah content creation I, I i don't think it's it's one of these things where you are going to come into the content creation space to make money no. it is definitely a passion thing and if you can't accept that in in terms of like i'm going to go into content creation and it's going to pay my bills that's yeah. that's a that's a problem you know yeah. that, that 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 shouldn't be the mentality you go into it with uh, and and a lot of the bigger creators they can do that but because they've got the patreon support they've got the people behind you they've, they've already got the support that they need 
but even even still uh, there's a lot of creators who are struggling at the moment just because of the last two years and yeah. people's money has to go to to themselves and i mean in the uk we've got this cost of living crisis as well you know it's it's not it's not a get rich quick scheme to be a content creator by any no, stretch of the and imagination. at least what i've found with content creation is that you need multiple avenues of income you can't rely on one big primary source to cover all your bills or um, cover not necessarily your bills but cover the cost of the projects of your time creating this content so that's why you see a lot of people have podcasts and patreons and then write for whoever because it's multiple sources of income and they can use that as you know as a way to pay all this stuff exactly. so yeah. another way is just to look at other avenues as well because it, it, it depends what you want from the content but if you're just after money it's probably not the best thing to do there are probably better ways to make more money <laughs> outside yeah. of content creation let's be honest it doesn't pay particularly well i'm not saying you shouldn't do it but it's just if you are looking to do it to get rich or to be comfortable or well off then i wouldn't recommend it if it's something yeah. you le- legitimately enjoy doing and you happen to enjoy getting a couple of quid or a couple of dollars for your time great it, it allows you to, the way i normally see it or when before i was part-time content creator is that the money i made from writing magic went back into the hobby so i didn't have to spend any of my full-time wage on magic it paid for itself yeah. if that made sense that's the way i absolutely saw it yeah i mean i i completely completely jive with that as well you know the the I, i've spent probably for, for some of the projects i've done i i think i've spent way more on the um the project itself than getting anything out of that so certainly i mean like like i said i've been making videos for all of uh six years now and it's uh, the, the the amount of time and effort and in some cases resources that have gone into those and it's only now that those are being paid out um, yeah so yeah it's it does allow you that freedom to sort of plow that money back into to magic resources if, if, if that's you know if that's something you want to do um and yeah, I think I think that's really really valuable. Yeah. So we'll round out. Where can people find you on the internet? People can find me in uh, pretty much any place that you can think of um, with the username Max Makes Magic. Um, so Twitter, YouTube, uh, TikTok, uh, Instagram, any of those. Uh, probably most active on uh, Twitter and YouTube. So yeah, hope to yeah. see you there. Also, check the first episode of Battle of Wits, where Scott and I yes. were on and completely got demolished by someone. I won't say who, but <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a good episode anyway, but it was just like, it, it felt like episode. Arch Enemy at one point. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, it's still one of, one of my favourite episodes, I think, that, that, that very first one. Um, anyway, <laughs> we'll crack on with some Q&A because we've got a handful to get through, so... We'll start with Ev the Mage from BMCast Twitter. They ask, since Max is on this week, I want to ask, what is the craziest interaction you created in a game of Magic on paper or Magic Online? Yeah, so um, I haven't made many weird interactions happen on paper. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of want to uh, start brewing a commander deck around some of the videos, ideas I've made. Um, but I, I think certainly the jankiest deck I've made... Um, 
recently, I say recently, certainly the weirdest modern janky deck I used to stream um, was uh, Circle of Flame and Everlasting Torment. I think Everlasting Torment is probably one of my favourite uh, enchantments ever made. Uh, if you don't know what it is, um, I think it's from the Shadow Mall block. Uh, costs, I think, two generic and a hybrid black and red. Uh, and uh, it gives damage with a players can't gain life and damage can't be prevented which is just three three of the most succinct lines um on an on an enchantment but they they certainly cause people a lot of hassle um and yeah circle of flame uh deals one damage to attacking non-flying creatures so every time your opponent's creatures try and attack you they get minus one minus one counters um which is kind of fun uh and certainly wrecks token decks uh, i've definitely had at least one person rage quit out of magic online um, no way when, yeah when, when i when i had that uh i think this was I, I i never used to play in um the league channels uh unless somebody was saying oh we should take this deck through a league but uh certainly some of the um the like tournament rooms that i used to play in with with these janky decks uh i definitely had one uh opponent just rage quit out of the match because it just like what what is this nonsense so that's like a yeah, pat on the back right <laughs> yeah it, it, it's 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 a mark of achievement for for a deck yeah. when when people just look at your deck and go i i don't want to play this 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 is too weird <laughs> uh also ev the mage just wants to chip in with a magic card that might be worth checking out and that is dual nature i can't I don't know what set this from i'm not familiar with the set symbol but uh, for six mana, so four generic and a two green, you get an enchantment that reads, whenever a creature card comes into play, it's controller puts a creature token into play that's a copy of that creature. When a creature card leaves play, remove all tokens with the same name as that creature uh, from the game. And then when dual nature leaves play, remove all tokens created um, with it from the game. Uh, it's like $2, but it, it kind of feels like the card that you could really do some shenanigans in Commander with. Yeah, it, it's 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 a similar thing to like uh, to Mirror March in a way, but this yeah, uh, yeah this is this is doubling everybody's uh, creatures, which is uh, really fantastic. Uh, yeah, so good old prophecy back then. I don't know. What ah, there we go. Was, I wasn't too but... familiar with the set symbol. I was going to say Urza's, but it didn't look like Urza's. Um, Year so... two thousand, apparently. So yeah. Oh wow. Um, so Bo Schwartz asks on the BMcast Discord: Is there any old supplemental product that you'd want to bring back in some form? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, plane chase. Um, yes, very, very, very simple answer. Uh, plane chase. I would love plane chase on Magic Online. I would love it on Magic Arena. I would like more planes in in card form. Please, I just want some more plane chase. Some of the so. wildest games of Commander I've had is with plane chase. Oh, I really, I want to, I want to so bad play a plane chase game of Commander. That sounds immense. So the, I think the best commander story I had is with Plane Chase, so I'll say it quickly. Um, we were on the Mirrodin plane, and the Mirrodin plane essentially read, whenever a creature came into play, everyone else at the table got one copy of it. Um, so someone played a Consecrated Sphinx. Oh, no. Then the next oh. player was like, uh, draw. And then it triggered all the Consecrated mm. Sphinx because it was a draw trigger. And then they just kept yeah. going. We, we had to like judge it because it's just like what do you do in this situation because everyone's got consecrated sphinx and everyone's drawing cards and when you yeah. draw a card it triggers the the consecrated sphinx so yeah. basically the basically the judge was just like yeah just keep drawing until someone stops yeah um, because obviously you don't want to mill yourself out so everyone just drew like 60 cards 
and we all had like <laughs> Reliquary Towers as well because it's Commander. Oh my god! So we didn't discard yeah. any of them. It was just like the wildest game of Commander. But that's why I love Plane Chase because it just gives these really weird sort of interactions but i always remember that because it was just like oh no yeah. <laughs> like they knew what they were doing as well it's what made it even more funny but it was just like just the, the, the collective sigh at the table when someone just played this <laughs> consecrated sphinx it was great um yeah. yeah um and then mickey asks what do you two feel is a good format to introduce young people to play games of magic would you recommend Pauper, Pioneer, EDH, or any of the others um and they ask because they have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old who wants to get into magic <laughs> Uh, I'll let you go first because I don't have an opinion on this one. Um, so um. I think if you're able to and able to get to an LGS, um, they used to do the welcome packs, which is like a 30 card deck um, that you could pick up for free. They didn't cost anything. I'm not sure if they do them now, but I know some LGS has like, kept some of them over. And what you do is you get two of them, so two different colours, and you put them together and you just have a playable deck. Um, and it just shows, it's just a very easy way to play Magic. It's like corset kind of cards, so there's no fancy mechanics or anything too complicated. Alternatively, I do recommend Pauper if you just build, like, say, an Elves deck, but not like a competitive Elves deck. Just build, like, a really simple, um, like, put some Lana Wilds, some, some Elvish Mystics, some, you know, Nettle Sentinels. Just make it really simple. Um, but if you can, I recommend the, the welcome decks because that's what they're meant for. They're meant for, to get people into magic. Alternatively, the Planeswalker decks they used to do are really good as well. I would say as well, the if, if you're looking for something that's not a format, um, the, the Magic the Gathering uh, Arena client is probably a really good yeah. way of getting people knowledgeable about the rules and, and just how things interact because it's tr it's trying to give you a tutorial on how to play the game so if you're if you're starting from scratch it seems like probably one of the better ways of making that yeah. happen sure um and then the joe cheney asks are you looking forward to explorer um which is the new arena format to bridge pioneer into magic arena i i think i am um so i think a lot of the cards i like playing i mean i for the, for the longest time I was I was streaming and I streamed the modern format um, mm. just because there's so much uh, variety in in you know the cards available on that format um, pioneer I did give it a go um, and I feel like that there, there, there are a lot of things you can do with pioneer there's certainly a lot of decks I was able to translate over to uh, the pioneer formats and quite a lot of janky ones which is good um, but yeah, at the time, just not 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 a lot of people were playing it. Um, mm. So I think any any moves towards getting more legacy cards into uh, arena is probably a good thing um, because yeah, not Magic Online is not for everybody, um, and and the more old cards we have on arena, I think is is really going to help it. Yeah, um, agreed. Um, I admit I don't really play arena because I'm not too big on the economy. I already pay a lot of magic into, like, pay a lot for paper magic. So why would I pay even more to play them digitally? If that makes sense. When I have magic online, there's these things called subscriptions. I'm excited to see Pioneer on arena because that's the thing that would probably pull me back. But there needs to be a a revised economy to make it worth my while. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I the reason I stick with Magic Online is just the ability of I I, I can go onto a card bot and say give me a card and it won't cost the the absolute earth, and getting that card 
yeah, it's not it's not expensive and it's easy to get. Whereas um, you know, Arena definitely makes it difficult in terms of like the wildcard system of actually getting things. If if they had like a hearthstoning dust system, yeah, something like that, I think would be a game well, changer in terms of much- just something in like booster packs instead of oh, yeah. like the random advertisement that you get it's like hey it's like here's 50 gems here's 100 gold here's like a gold it's like a rare wild card just something that would be fantastic i mean yeah. that, that that would that would be the way to, to get people out of onto the client maybe maybe there's a legal reason they can't do it i don't know but pokemon do uh, it that's the thing so i'm not sure if there is a legal requirement i think it's just oh, yeah that's that's true yeah yeah it's just like i love pioneer i'm really getting into it thanks to like the whole pro tour thing um, mm. The format, a lot of people are playing it, so there's a lot of creativity and there's a lot of different decks. It's just like you don't want to alienate people from playing Pioneer unless they have like a historic collection and a standard collection, if that makes sense. But yeah. we'll have to see what happens. Have to see what happens. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to us here at the BMcast, and a special thanks to our patrons. At the Drink Fanatic tier, we have Tom Telford, Anthony Burchett, Christopher McCarthy, Edward Whitney, Evil Vanilla Glaze, Ian Holland, Jeff Eaton, Jonas Kong, Kilgore Trout 503, Matthew O'Neill, Max Makes Magic, MF Peaches, Mini Maya, Munsu Light, Nicholas Martin, Ozan Kaplaner, Scott Hanch, The Jess Guy, The Joe Cheney, Zachary Morrow, and Tim Newman. And at the Songs tier, we have a nice planeswalker, Alex Gibson, Bo Schwartz Madsen, Brian A. Madden, Coffee, Everett Brogan, Nerblin, Mickey Paris, Scott Creech, Seamus MC, Simon Grip, Jamie Coyle, and Clyde Anderson. Thank you all for helping to keep this podcast on the air. We can't thank you enough. If you want to support us and add your name to this list of lovely and wonderful people, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the BMcast. If you have any questions, comments, or sweet brews, you can email us at budgetmagiccast at gmail.com or simply message us on Twitter at the BMcast. We'll be back next week to give you even more bang for your buck.